This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello and welcome to another episode of Strong Side Fridays here on the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here as always on Friday with Raheem Palmer, getting you ready for some week 10 action. We are playing 18 holes and we have passed the first half. We are on the back half now. We're hitting the home stretch. Raheem, how did we already finish half of the season? Yeah, it's, it's I mean, time is flying. It's just, I, I just can't believe how fast it's going. And I don't know, it, it's, as fast as it's going, we still have so much more of the season to be decided. So I think that's the most exciting part. It is exciting. It, it More and more it feels, especially with this extra game now, it feels like September is kind of a continuance of preseason. And, you know, especially the veteran teams or veteran coaches are kind of getting things going. And in October, it's like, all right, we're really starting to see some of these top teams separate themselves. And, uh, well, we thought we knew what was happening in the last week happened and all the good teams lost. So we will see what we think about the games this week. Uh, of course, uh, as usual, a uh, reminder to download the app if you haven't done so yet. Again, how have you not done that yet? Download the app, follow all, all our picks, follow the sports, get all the live updates on there. Great way to track everything and see how much money we are winning from week to week. Uh, odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. So if you listened last week, you know that we had a new format. We're going back to the well again this week. So here's what we're doing. Raheem, we are doing three marquee games. We picked our three favorite games on the slate and just games that, that we know you're watching. Games that are going to be on TV this week on your television. We're going to really break them down, kind of like we do on the Monday night game. So matchups, analysis, injuries, betting angle, the whole works. So uh, last week, too, we did pretty well. We did Packers Chiefs last week. You and I both liked the Packers. Packers covered. It was ugly, but the Packers got it. We did Browns Bengals. We both liked the Browns last week. Browns got the win in a big way on that one. So uh, I think the setting up well. Uh, we will hit those games. We'll do a few other best bets and look ahead lines at the end. But let's get down to business and start out with our week 10 picks. Let's get down, let's get down to business. So let's get down, let's get down to business. So let's get down, let's get down to business. All right, so marquee game number one. If it happens, if we actually get these quarterbacks out there, Seattle Seahawks, Green Bay Packers for a third straight week. We don't really know for sure which Packers team we're getting because of COVID. We lost Devonta Adams at Arizona that Thursday night game. We lost Aaron Rodgers in Kansas City last week. We think Rodgers should play. He's supposed to clear on Saturday. Certainly to me with the line here, it looks like the books expect Rodgers to play. Russell Wilson is back. Green Bay right now, minus three and a half at home. Uh, I'm starting to see that even slip to minus three at some books. It was five on Sunday. So it's been slowly trickling down since then. Russell Wilson confirmed back. Uh, this, this line definitely assumes Rodgers is playing, right, Raheem? Where it sits now, like, 
I think it assumes that he's not playing. Really? Yeah. I mean, you got to think this line has come down from five and a half. So it's, I, I guess you could, I guess you could assume that Rogers is playing well, right now, but it's it, it continuing. It, my whole thing is that it's continuing to drop. It, so is like, it, is it assuming it's not playing or is it a hedge that's kind of in the middle right now? Yeah, I think it, I think it's a hedge that's in the middle. Like they're not completely yep. pulling it off the board yet, but it's just like you saw yesterday. This line was three and a half. Yep. So it's just like it's slipping. Yeah, it's slipping, and then it's just there's so much uncertainty right now, like with Rodgers. And then also there's this thing to where it's like he could be cleared on Saturday, but at the same time, he still hasn't practiced or like been with the team in two weeks. So yeah. it's like, even if he plays, I don't think you're getting Aaron Rodgers. Like I think you're getting, you're just getting Aaron Rodgers, but you're not getting MVP level Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He's spending more time with Pat McAfee the last two weeks than he is with his team practicing, which is never really a great thing. So last week, uh, we saw that the line for Green Bay dropped basically a full touchdown, seven points, when it went from Rodgers to Jordan Love. We saw Jordan Love now. We got a whole game of that. We, we saw a little too much Jordan Love for my liking, if I'm being honest. So what did you think, looking back, that seven-point line move, what did you think? Is that the right line move for Rodgers? I know you said your model had Rodgers more value closer to 10, but Love was a little better than the usual guys. If you could do it again last week, would you do a seven for Rodgers? Or if he does end up being out, should it be more or less than that? I, I think seven was the right number. Um, it, like, I mean, they end up covering the number. So, like, I think that was the right, that was the right number. But it, it, to me, I, I think it was clear that if Rodgers is out there, the Packers probably win that game. So yeah. it's... Comfortably, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe even comfortably. So, so maybe... Like the fact that they could have won that game comfortably, maybe maybe it says the line should be higher. So, but he he just didn't look good at all. He was nineteen and thirty four, one hundred ninety yards, one touchdown, one interception. It, it, it's just it almost felt like they were hamstrung. But at the same time, the one thing you got to remember is that they didn't have a full week of practice with Jordan Love. Like he kind of just got thrown in the fire when Aaron Rodgers um, contracted COVID. So this week, if even if he doesn't play, they're going to have a full week of practice with him. So he should look a little bit better this week. Yeah, it, it, it worries me that Jordan Love didn't look good. It worried me more that it felt like the Packers coaches knew that Jordan Love wasn't going to look good. Like it felt like they were really doing all that they could to hide him and not really let him screw things up too bad. And I get it. You know, it's, it's a first start in the NFL, but it's a first round pick. Like, you shouldn't have to have training wheels on a guy who's had two years to prepare. And I know it's still a little last second, but the guy is supposed to be like, he's the future of the franchise. He's clearly their next quarterback. You don't take him the first round if that's not the case. And like the line is good. The run game is good. You have receivers. I was a little worried that they, that they were so protective of him. So I know that you have already got a bet in on this game. So my question for you is this as a handicapper, when we don't know with Rogers yet, are you betting at this point, assuming Rogers plays, doesn't play? Are you are you also hedging on your bet? Like as you handicap this game right now on a Thursday afternoon, what are you trying to do with Rogers? See, for me, like with the COVID thing, I kind of always have to assume that the guy's not playing. So for me, like I like Seattle in this game. I like him plus I took him plus three and a half. I also took a money line plus one sixty-four. So I'm looking at both scenarios. If Rodgers doesn't play. That means we have a matchup with Russell Wilson versus Jordan Love. And we know that 
Russell Wilson is actually practicing. So, yeah, he may be a little rusty, but if I got to take a rusty Russell Wilson versus Jordan Love, who just didn't look good last week or hasn't looked good at all. Like if you, you read, back, read back some of his um, reports in training camp, they were talking about how he was missing throws and stuff like that. So if you give me a Russell, rusty Russell Wilson versus him with three and a half points and plus money, I got to take it. And then when you look at the other scenario, if Rodgers is actually cleared to play, that means he hasn't played football in two weeks and he's just being thrown in the fire. And we've all seen how we've seen how players in every sport from basketball to the, to the NFL have struggled when they return from COVID. So that means I'm getting Russell Wilson with three and a half points versus a quarterback who hasn't practiced in two weeks and struggled with COVID. So I like those angles. And then there's other angles that I'm breaking down as well. Yeah. So you like it both ways for me. I, I guess I'm assuming that Rodgers will play, and maybe that's not a safe assumption, especially as this line drops a little bit. You know, he's supposed to be potentially cleared Saturday. It's in Green Bay, so that helps. He doesn't have to, like, fly out after that or anything like that. But my thing is, I love Seattle anyway. Like, even yeah. if even if Rodgers was not in COVID and this was just Seattle on the road as more than a field goal underdog, I still really like Seattle here. We've been talking all year. We've been waiting to fade Green Bay because we thought this team wasn't quite as good as what their record has been. Are, are we sure Green better team here? Like Seattle has been pretty quality. They're, they're four games without Russell Wilson. They were only down six to the Rams when they lost him in game until like the final seconds. They lost by nine. They lost by three to the Steelers. They lost by three to the Saints. Those are pretty respectable results. When you have Geno Smith, at quarterback, they crushed the Jags. I think that was a fine stretch without Russell Wilson, considering they've literally never done it before. Like there's no Pete Carroll without Russell Wilson. This is what we've seen for a decade. Seattle is 12th in DVOA. Green Bay is 15th. Seattle's offense is eighth. Green Bay is 11th. Seattle's passing DVOA is higher. Seattle's run DVOA is higher. And remember that counts all the Geno Smith games. There's no accounting for that in those numbers. Their special teams is better. And I think Russell Wilson's numbers are better than Rodgers this season. I just think Seattle is good. I think that they're being a little overlooked here. I love them here. Like we've, we've seen so many Seattle games where it comes down to a final possession. Like, come on. It, even if Wilson and Rodgers, if this is, if they're at their best, this is a field goal game. This is a who gets the ball last and, and comes down for the win at the end. So especially before it drops to three or lower, I definitely want to get the hook. I want to get this above a field goal because like Seattle, even when they lose so often loses just one of those like close late games. So many of their games come down late either way. So I, I like Seattle a lot here. I think even more than you, just because I'm assuming Rogers basically plays and is fine. And I still love Seattle here. I'm a little bummed. I didn't take them at plus five. I was kind of waiting out the news and that was a bad decision because mm. the news was only going to ever move it towards Seattle once Russell Wilson was cleared, but plus three and a half, I'm seeing plus one sixty on the money line. Uh, I'm assuming that you might like Seattle as a teaser spot here as well at three, three and a half. Yeah, I definitely like T Seattle as a teaser spot. I think there's a lot of good teaser legs this week. Um, I mean, you mentioned it all to me. I, I think Seattle has plenty of advantages they think they could take advantage of. And, the biggest thing with this Packers team is that to me, their defense has been playing above their head. Like yeah. there's no way when you look at their schedule, really look at who, who they played. They held Arizona under 21 points. So, I mean, they're pretty much 21 points. They held 
Washington to 10 points. It held the Bears to 14 points. But when you look at all of those games, Washington was in the red zone a million times and just couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't punch there. it in. Yeah, they just couldn't. They just couldn't. They probably should have won that game outright. Where they just couldn't get it done. Justin Fields is I mean, until last night's game against the Steelers. He really, he really struggled. And then I think Kyler Murray was a little banged up for that Cardinals game. So to me, I think this is a defense that's due for some regression. When you look at their defensive metrics, they're 26 in, in defensive success rate. They're allowing 47.7 percent of their plays very out successful. The run game, which is which Seattle does really well. They're 26 in EPA per play and 28 in rushing success rate. So they're going to be able to ease Russell back with this run run game, and they're going to be able to pass the ball. So, yeah. And it's also, when you look at this Packers team, they don't have a good pass rush. They're 26 in, in pass rush run rate. So if they can't get to the quarterback, they can't stop the run, I think Seattle is, is in for a big day. They, they should win this game outright. Yeah, I mean, coming to the season, I, I was high on the Packers. I had them for – I have a ticket for most wins. But the whole thing with the Packers was there, there are five premium positions and the Packers have a great player at all five spots and all five of them have been in trouble this season. David Bakhtiari, maybe will be back for this one. We're not sure yet. He looks like he's practicing and activated, uh, but they haven't had him yet all season. Devonta Adams had the COVID protocol. Aaron Rodgers has the COVID protocol. Jair Alexander still uh, supposedly is a long ways away. Uh, so that's the cornerback they're missing. Zadarius Smith, they're still missing. So it's just the, the stuff that's supposed to make Green Bay really great. It, it, it's trouble everywhere. So one other thing I want to say on this game, if you like Seattle to win here, I think you really have to like Seattle to make the playoffs too. I'm seeing that at plus 195. If Seattle gets this win, they still get to play Washington. They play Houston. They play the Bears and the Lions. That's four wins that they should get now that Wilson is back and presumably healthy. So Add this game, add those wins. You're at eight wins already. And the NFC wild card is not exactly a, a super fight at this point. So I don't, you know, we talked about them on our midseason pod. I don't think they make the playoffs. It's, it's too steep of a test. They do still play Arizona twice. They play San Fran. They play the Rams. That's the rest of the schedule. It's those four easy games and four division opponents. I don't think they're going to run the table, but plus 195 to make the playoffs. If you like them to win this game, I think this is the time to grab that one too. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all, especially with the with the extra playoff um, teams, the extra yeah. week. I think it, it gives Seattle an advantage. And, you know, you're looking at some of the, the other teams in the, the, the NFC landscape. Like, I, I think Seattle's better than Atlanta. Like, I, I just think they have teams that they're much better than in that playoff, that wild card um, space. So I like it. All right, let's go to our second game. Went a little long on that one, so I have to speed up these next two. Sunday night. In Las Vegas, the Raiders host the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point favorites. I have been watching that line carefully all week, waiting for it to budge in either direction, and it is not moving. They are happy with that line. They are just waiting for our money. So that's what I want to start with. What do you make of this line? Like, What, what did you see as the look-ahead before the season started, and is this the right line? What's happening there? I think this line is short. The look-ahead line on this game was my chiefs minus seven before the um, season started. And now we're sitting at two and a half. I know obviously chiefs are just five and 16 against the spread in the last 21 games. And just, they've only covered two games this season. They came against the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team, but this is a market. And I think a lot of times, sometimes I like to look at the market as a whole before even digging into the matchups. And 
at some point, the Chiefs kind of have to start covering if this is this market is efficient, which I think it is. And so I'm I'm leaning the Chiefs in this direction. Like, what are you what are you thinking? So that's interesting because I am way the other direction on this one. I think that what we're waiting on is I think I think the books haven't adjusted yet. I think that the books are like slowly nudging down and just inviting. Give us your Chiefs money. Bring us your tired, your poor, your your Chiefs mm-hmm. money, yearning to breathe free. They're just taking it all and keeping it for themselves. At minus two and a half, they're just like, come on, come on, really? It's Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. Just have to win by a field goal. Pat Mahomes will do it. I don't think so. I I honestly. I think the line is way off in the other direction. I think the Raiders should be favored. I think the Raiders are the better team and I think the Raiders are going to win. And like, yeah, the look ahead was way off because the look ahead, we thought that the Raiders weren't going to be good. We thought the chiefs were going to be the chiefs again. And I just think, you know, there is value on a whole season of data and that first month doesn't not matter. But if you look at just over these last, this last month, of games, and not the first month and not the last two years of Patrick Mahomes. I think it's inarguable that the Raiders have been way the better team over the last month. Don't you think that's true? What I think is that the Chiefs been a victim of turnovers. And I, I just think without these turnovers, we're looking at the Chiefs as a completely different team. They're, they like, look at the teams that have a worse, worse turnover di- differential. The 49ers, the Jaguars, the Jets, they have a minus nine turnover differential. They have like, when you look at their interceptions, what do they have? They have 10 interceptions to non-fumbles. So it's just to lose non-fumbles, that means you're just unlucky. Look at the yeah. Raiders. The Raiders have eight giveaways the whole season. So I just – and they have one fumble and seven interceptions. Now, I know Patrick Mahomes, is, he's been quite reckless, but some of this stuff should even out eventually. And when you look at what their offense is doing, obviously they didn't play well against Green Bay – but, and they didn't play well against Tennessee, but as a whole, when you look at their whole entire resume, they've still been one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, I would have bought that turnover argument a lot better a couple of weeks ago. I don't feel like that's what's happening anymore. Like early in the season, every week, somehow every week, it, you like the Chiefs would get in the red zone and be about to score. And somehow it'd be like, oh, the ball batted six times around in the air. And somehow the opponent came up with it again. Like, I hundred percent bought the argument then. And we kept betting on the chiefs and being like, okay, they're fine. Don't worry. The offense is moving the ball. They're just getting these wonky turnovers. They'll even out. I don't think that's what's happening the last few weeks. They're not moving the ball anymore. They're not getting the ball downfield. They're, they're like Patrick Mahomes just doesn't look like Patrick Mahomes. And so here, here are the numbers for my argument on why I think the Raiders are much better. So these are all over the last four weeks by EPA. The Raiders are in the second tier in the entire NFL. Basically, by, by full EPA, they're behind the Cardinals and the Bucks, and then they're basically tied with the Titans. That's where the Raiders rank. The, the Chiefs rank out as average over that span. The Raiders are number two in EPA on per run play behind only the Ravens, who we know are awesome at that. Uh, they're number one in success rate on offense. The Chiefs, during these last four weeks, are 28th on EPA per pass play. 28th. That is horrible. Patrick Mahomes, EPA, 22nd out of 26 quarterbacks. Here are the quarterbacks worse on EPA over the last four weeks. Trevor Lawrence, Taylor Heineke, Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold. That's who Patrick Mahomes has been better than. He's 21st out of 26 in completion percentage over expectation. Derek Carr is like fifth to eighth in those, in those metrics. So I just think even the defense, we've seen the Chiefs defense look a lot better over the last four weeks. 
but have they really? They looked better against Heineke and Daniel Jones and Jordan Love. They're still bad against Tennessee. That's the four weeks. I'm not sure I can make so much out of that. So I know, look, the Raiders lost to the Giants last week. That was bad. I was on the Raiders then. I wasn't that worried about it. They were one and six in the red zone. They had three turnovers. They're the thing we just talked about with the Chiefs. That was just a lot of bad luck. They still had a chance to tie in the final minute. So I'm not too worried about that. To me, I've been waiting on, like you're waiting, I think, on the Chiefs to finally regress to the mean. And the mean for them is be good again. I'm waiting for the other thing. I'm waiting for the ugly Chiefs game where it's just like, man, we thought this team was not really doing it, but they just came to Vegas and got crushed. And I guess we kind of had that against the Titans a few weeks ago, but we sort of threw it out. And I just think that there's a chance here that the Raiders are just a a much better team. And uh, I'm waiting for that big game and for the books finally to be like, yeah, okay, you got us. The Chiefs aren't very good. We're going to have to adjust this a little more. So I think that there's like a four or five points of value in the Raiders' favor on this game. I I know that sounds crazy, but I I love the Raiders here. That's interesting. Yeah, I I just have it. Like, I think my model has it like rated a lot higher. So, yeah. Well, that makes sense too, because I know your model, I know uh, your model is is built against the things I've just described, like to Mm -hmm. not go too much on recency bias. Mm -hmm. And I'm normally that way. It's actually weighted towards more recent games. So, even with it, it being rated, um, towards more recent games, I have it about three. So, okay. Well, what is, uh, I, I don't play a lot of totals as we know. I'm intrigued by under 52 and a half here. The last four Chiefs games 20, 37, 30, and 44 points. So, with their offense not really scoring, it almost even seems like they're doing a little more ball control. Like, I think that they know that they're struggling. So, Chiefs, the last four Chiefs games have averaged 33 points a game, barely. So, and, and this line is rising too. So what do you think about the under there? What, what's your model say about that? My, my model actually puts it straight at 52. So it's just okay. it's, it's pretty much right where it is. If I just use this season's numbers, though, I do have it at 48 and a half. So that may be or like you may be on to something with the under. Especially right. with, with, the, with the division game. A lot of times we see these division games. These teams know each other, so they tend to go, like, go under. So Yeah, they did have two very high scoring games last year. I think 66 and 72 points in those. But yeah. uh, to my credit, the Raiders did go to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs last year. So th- this team knows they can hang with them. I-, I just I like the Raiders. We talked with them on Tuesday. I like the Raiders plus 600 in the division. And if you like if you like them this game, that looks a lot better. If, if you don't like them this game, don't bet that. Because if you're the team that's going to win the division, you have to win a home game against, uh, frankly, a relatively average Chiefs team. Yeah. All right, let's let's go to our third game here. Saints Titans in Tennessee. The Titans have been red hot, absolutely like probably the hottest team in the NFL. Tennessee is minus three, dropping a little bit. I'm seeing two and a half at some books, but it's held strong at about a field goal. I'm very curious. Where what does your model do with this game? My model makes this game closer to a pick'em than it does for three. And I know the Titans have beaten like a murderous row of opponents. They beat the Bills, the Chiefs, the Coast, and the Rams. But I, I think that could come back to hurt them here. And when you look at this, the Saints, the big thing about my model is that it inherently involves strength of schedule. So the Saints have beaten the Buccaneers and the Packers this year. So they have some big wins of their own. And obviously the Saints have struggled with some um, inferior competition. But 
they've played, they've proved to take a step up against big competition. And I think one of the biggest advantages that they have here is the Saints can really stop the run. And you you can't run against this team, which is third in both rushing its EPA and success rate, and second in ESPN's run stop win rate. And it didn't hurt them last week with the Titans not having Derrick Henry because Matthew Stafford basically gifted them 14 points. The Titans only had 194 yards of offense on 3.5 yards per play. So if Matthew Stafford doesn't throw a pick six and then a pick inside that left the, the Titans inside the two, this is a totally different game. So I think the Saints defense will be able to slow the Titans down. And I think you have a game here. What's, like, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I agree with basically everything you said. I, I, uh, I don't have a, a model like yours that spits out the numbers, but before each week of games, I kind of just do my own lines of, okay, here's where I put it. I had Titans mm-hmm. minus one. So I agree. I think it, I think this should be close to a pick them. I definitely am on the Saints here, and I'm definitely taking it at the three. I don't want to lose the hook there. Again, we've seen so many of these close games all season long. We've seen so many road teams be great this season. Uh, road underdogs this season, 51, 30, and a one against the spread, covering 63% of the time. Road underdogs under a touchdown, 35 and 23 straight up. That's a 63% ROI this season. And there are a bunch of interesting spots for road dogs. Uh, we already had Seattle earlier as a possibility as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I like them here. Sean Payton coming off a loss, 60% against the spread. Uh, as an underdog coming off a loss, that moves to 11 and 6, and he's 8 and 9 straight up, even though he's an underdog in those games. Mike Vrabel in toss ups, only 40% against the spread when it's three or lower. So, a lot of trends here that like the Saints. This just. It feels too easy to be Tennessee. It's like, oh yeah, Tennessee is good now. They beat everyone. So just take Tennessee to keep going. What goes up must come down. And I just feel like this is kind of a, a chance to even these teams out. By DVOA, the Saints are the better team. Uh, their, their offenses are pretty similar, but the Saints defense, as good as Tennessee is playing, the Saints defense have been great all season. So uh, I like the Saints O-line to be able to hold up against the D-line. Titans run defense is weak. So I, I'm kind of keeping my eye on Taysom Hill. I'd like to see maybe a little more Taysom this week. I think he could do some damage there. Uh, like you said, the run D for uh, the Saints is great. So I think that that can really shut down what's left of the rushing attack and let them really focus on the pass. So yeah, I, I like the Saints here. I, I'm taking all three of the underdogs in our marquee games this week. And I think one of the, one of the trends you actually had in your article, um, Road Dogs are 51, 30, and one against the spread this year. That's 63%. So if you can get some good road dogs, I mean, we already gave you two right now, Seahawks and the Saints. Yeah. I think I think those are two that we agree on. So we can move on to like our best bets now. Like, yeah, I uh, I think in my article, I think I'm on eight of nine road dogs this week against the spread. So boy, I texted you a few days ago. Help! I'm taking too many road teams. I think I'm on like twelve or fourteen road teams overall this week. But boy, home advantage does not seem like it what it once was. So we will see how that shapes up. Let's hear a quick word from our sponsor and then get our best bets. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. 
And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in in Virginia. That sync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right. Best bets for the week. We're just going to get in and out on these. Raheem and I already have articles up. We've got videos up. You can get more details there, but just want to give you the radio version here. Raheem, what is your first best bet of week 10? My first bet, bet we're going to go with the, um, the Cowboys Falcons over 54. I gave this out the other day at 52. I still like it. I think this is a big smash spot for the Cowboys offense. When you look at this, this Cowboys offense, they're still scoring 30 points per game. And they're going against a, a Falcons team that's 27 points per game, 25th in EPA per play, 32nd in success rate. And they've just played the 29th-ranked schedule of opposing offenses. You heard the news today about the Cowboys. Randy Gregory is out on the defensive end. So they may not be able to rush the passer as much. This game is going to go over with ease. So I really like the over. Yeah, I like that. A lot of points coming on that one. I'm going to go with Colts minus 10 against the Jaguars. I've talked about this one already, I think, on the hot read. I just think this is a great spot for the Colts. This is the second week in a row they're facing an opponent coming off a huge upset win as a double-digit underdog, and I think that's buying them some value on the line here. I think this line should have been closer to two touchdowns. I I thought it might move. It might still, so I'm going to grab the 10 while it's there. The Jaguars' one strength all season has been their run game. That's tanked lately. James Robinson is hurt. And the Colts' run D is awesome. So uh, this the Colts are just built to take care of bad teams with their run game and their defense. And they did it last week against the Jets. I think they do it again here. All right, Raheem, mm-hmm. what is your other best bet for Week 10? I'm going to Philadelphia Eagles. I actually teased this on the hot read. When you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, it's another road dog. But they're playing against a Broncos team, which – their whole offensive line is banged up. Right guard, um, Graham Glasnow is out for the season with the ankle injury. Right tackle, Bobby Macy is expected to miss this week. And then left tackle, Garrett Bowles, he's ar- he already missed some time. He's going to miss some time. So they're going to be relying on the youth movement. And they're playing the Eagles defense, which is second in ESPN's pass rush win rate. Bridgewater's not going to have a ton, a ton of time to throw. But then you look on the other side of the ball, the Eagles have been running the ball. They have the seventh highest run pass ratio this season. They're first in rushing success rate. And the big thing is that Jalen Hurts has really been playing well in play action. He's completing 83% of his passes in play action. And just with his dual threat ability to run and pass, it's just a dangerous Eagles offense. The Broncos defense is 23rd in rushing success rate. So the Eagles have capitalized on that. I'm, I'm selling high on the Broncos and taking the Eagles. That was so funny because I was trying to figure out what's my other best bet here because 
Actually, my best bets are the Raiders and the Seahawks. So we already covered them. Those are my upset specials this week. I was going to do the Eagles here. That was going to be my other pick. I do like them here, so I agree with you there. Instead, I will just give us a shout to our midseason futures pod that we did a few days ago. Check that out from Tuesday if you haven't yet. My favorite out of that one, Tom Brady plus 3,000 to an offensive player of the year. It's Tom Brady. He's leading the league in completion attempts and passing yards and touchdowns per game. And he's on pace for over 5,000 yards, over 50 touchdowns. It's not going to slow down with the way that their schedule looks and all their weapons. So I love him there. I still love him for MVP. Be sure to check out that midseason futures pod if you haven't yet. And you can hear more about lots of those futures bets. Raheem, let's do our week 11 look ahead and get out of here. Hot rock. Blue 17. On nice right. Ice cream. Jose. So we look ahead to next week's games, get some early winners on the board before the line moved. Who do you like for next Sunday? I just realized that we have a disagreement. Ah. Yeah, like I actually like the Jaguars next week. And a big part of it is obviously the numbers all always say that the 49ers are probably in a good spot. There's going to be a lot of sharp money on the 49ers on Monday against the Rams. But Kyle Shanahan is a favorite. Like, I, I just don't know how you back him. Ugly. He's 9-22-1. That's 29% against the spread as a favorite. I think the Jags are live next week with the five and a half points. I probably wouldn't take it now. I think you – maybe you might want to take it now considering that they do play the Rams Monday night. They get blown out that line and go down. But I really like that one. I think you're on the other end. So I'd love to hear your case. Yeah, I, uh, I, I was on the other end. You know, we're only doing one pick each. So I have another pick that I'll make only because I talked myself out of the Niners for some of the reasons you said. It does seem like San Fran is good. They should beat the Jaguars, but I just don't trust them to. It's an early kickoff for a West Coast team, which is never a great look either. There's a lot of reasons, you know, coming off a short week, it's a very letdown-y sort of spot for the Niners. I liked it because I actually think the Niners maybe can hang with the Rams on Monday night and that the line maybe moves and you might lose, it might get to a touchdown. So that was my big reason, just looking for value on the line. So I think you might get some closing line value, but I'm not sure it's going to work out for you anyways because of all the reasons you said. So uh, I understand the going with the Jaguars. I think an underdog as well. Another team that you and I have picked against recently and often, I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers next week, Sunday night in Los Angeles to face the Chargers. Pittsburgh is plus three and a half right now. It's a game that I think is going to be close, closer to a coin flip than it is a plus three and a half. So I want it before the hook. Uh, Pittsburgh faces the Lions this week. That might be ugly. Either way, it probably will be ugly, but it could be an easy Pittsburgh win. The Chargers play the Vikings. I know you like the Vikings. There's a chance that the Chargers lose that one. I think this line easily could go to three or under three. Mike Tomlin as an underdog, great in that spot. Najee Harris running the ball against this rough defense. Team in Los Angeles, it's going to be a home game for Pittsburgh. Like that's that that stadium is going to be Steelers fans uh, Sunday night. I just think it's going to be a great spot for Tomlin and, and you know, rah, rah, Tomlin is underdog. So I like Pittsburgh plus three and a half. What do you think about that one? Yeah, I like that one. I I think Pittsburgh is an underdog. It's, it's, it's just perfect. And yeah, like I, I, I like I can't argue with that at all. Like I, I like I really like that. Right. That is going to wrap it up for our week 10, a strong side Fridays. Make sure you get the app if you haven't. Please rate, subscribe, and review the podcast. Check out those podcasts from this week. You had our Tuesday 
Mid-Season Futures podcast. You had Stacking Raybon on the six-pack. Raheem and I are back first thing Monday to wrap up the action from this weekend. Don't forget to check out Buckets on the Action Network podcast uh, network where you can hear Raheem and myself and Matt Moore and others talk about basketball all week long. For Raheem Palmer, I am Brandon Anderson. This has been the Action Network podcast. Enjoy your weekend. 